2,000 Democratic Alliance delegates expected to descend on Midran this weekend for the party's two-day federal congress, which will see the official opposition elect new leadership. Whoever is chosen to lead will be charged with steering the party into next year's general elections. The party released its candidate list this week, and besides the uncontested Helen Ziller, who holds the federal council chair position, and the sudden emergence of Lungile Penyane, whose name appears in nearly every available slot, all eyes on current leader John Stenason, his opponent, former Johannesburg Mayor Popalaze, and both are vying for the federal leader position. We asked Stenason what he has to show for the nearly four years that he's been at the helm. Well, I inherited a party that was in a very bad way, and not many parties around the world survive a leader walking off the job and trashing the party on the way out and, and other leaders leave, leaving. And the DA had fallen when I took over to as low as 16% in the polls. Within three years of teamwork and focusing on getting the basics right again and getting back to values and focusing on issues, there's no talk of uh, of any analyst about a post-ANC future that doesn't have the DA there. But it's hard to ignore that there's been a steady loss of influential members in the party in recent years, particularly young black women. Well, we don't believe in quotas, but let me just say I am very proud to be the leader of a party that's the only mainstream party in the country to have ever been led by a female. Um, our parliamentary operation is, I'm the only male in that operation. My chief whip, Saviwa Gahube, is a female. The deputy chief whip, Anli Lotrit, is a female. The caucus chair, Desiree, is a female. And I think there's an overweening focus on a handful of people who walk out the door for a variety of reasons, as happens in every part of Action South Africa included, the ANC included. But people don't pay attention to the joining and the rising of people like Dr. Mimi Gondwe, people like Angel Kanyile, people like Liolo Mpiti, uh, people like Saviva Garube. These are, are young black South Africans who are at the forefront on, in the shadow cabinet uh, and on the front lines, as well as people like Mpopolatsi who's just been the mayor of, of Johannesburg. So I don't think you need quotas to achieve that. And I think that those individuals are there not because they are women, but because they were the best person for that particular job. On policy matters, Stenazen was on the receiving end of criticism over his visit to the war-torn Ukraine in May last year, while the South African government stood fast on its neutral stance about the war. Now, with the International Criminal Court issuing a warrant of arrest for Russian President Vladimir Putin over alleged war crimes, ahead of this planned attendance of the BRICS summit in the country in August, a debate is raging over the country's obligation to comply with the Rome Statute. The, the party position is that we must respect international law and the sovereignty of nations, and we shouldn't be watching you know, other nations roll tanks over borders and occupy territory of others. Um, I would also say that it's not a matter of, of opinion or, or, or feeling we are signatories to the Treaty of Rome. We have um, passed it into domestic law in South Africa. It is therefore part of our legal um, foundation in the country, and we are signatories to the ICC. And call me old-fashioned, but I believe when you sign a contract or you sign a deal, you need to uphold your side of the bargain. And therefore, I don't think South Africa has a choice in this matter. And in fact, if I was the president... I would advise Mr. Putin not to come to South Africa until such time as this matter had been dealt with because South Africa has an obligation now to, as a signatory of Rome and having uh, passed the law into our domestic law, they've got a legal obligation, as the court ruled in the Omar al-Bashir matter, 
to affect the arrest. While on the topic of the law, issues of land restitution, illegal immigration and the nationalization of the Reserve Bank and mines, for example, have prompted debates around changing the country's constitution. But the DA leader says not so fast. I don't think that we should be scapegoating the constitution for what are essentially policy and direction failures of government. There's nothing in the constitution that prevents government from adopting policies or laws around immigration, around any of those matters that you spoke about. And I think we should be cautious of using the constitution as a scapegoat for the failures of government to be able to do its job. And we saw that very clearly during expropriation without compensation and that whole debate. The constitution was never the impediment to land reform, quite the opposite. It said very clearly that the government must put in place mechanisms to ensure uh, that there was a, a land reform process in the country. That's not to say constitutions are perfect and from time to time they may need tweaking, but I think those constitutional amendments should be done only when absolutely necessary because the constitution provides some certainty. But I think blaming the constitution for your own errors uh, is very, very bad for government to do it. And it's around uh, preparing the Democratic Alliance for the, probably the most important election in South Africa since 1994 and ensuring that we are, as a party, battle-ready, funded, and have the activists and ability to be able to reach every corner of South Africa in order to campaign. We've obviously come through a very difficult period in our political life from the 2019 election when I inherited a party that had the leader walk off the job and had had a disappointing election result. And I think we've done sufficient work together as the party to be able to turn things around to the point now where some of the polling has us just 10 percentage points behind the ANC. I don't think we're going to see any change in South Africa if we don't bring the ANC below 50%. If we're going to change the game, we need to achieve that. So that is the primary objective, is to ensure the ANC does not receive a majority in the next election. That's what Steinison is offering his party, and more broadly, the disillusioned electorate, as the nation counts down to 2024.